Hi, Emmaus. Welcome back to the Proclaim and Display podcast, episode 11, where we help you show and tell the gospel to your neighbors and the nations in the studio today with Jaron and Kennedy. Hey! What's up? What's, What's up, on? guys? So, as my grandpa would have said, we're a day late and a dollar short with today's podcast. We need more dollars, apparently, with uh, sponsors. But we had to juggle four <laughs> schedules so we could have our friend Mark Rose on the show. Mark, thanks for being with us. Yes. Hello. Mark, Hello. Mark, 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 Mark. Thank Mark. you for having me. Wow. Solid intro there, Kennedy. That was nice. So after Mark ran the intro a few minutes ago, he should have actually do the intro to our podcast. But yeah. So we're going to get to the interview with Mark quickly because there's so many things we want to talk with him about. But first, Kennedy... You all hosted a fun Galentine's event for the Emmaus girls. Heard a lot of great comment about the events and the shirts, which I didn't get one. Mm. So I had to wear my purple sweater. Yeah, but there's good news coming about the shirts. What what is it? We had such good response about the shirts. We're actually doing a second order. Nice. So if anybody, if any... Well, I mean, guys, too. Yeah. Anybody that saw the shirt and was like, man, I really want the shirt. We're doing a second order. So we'll put a form out and... Yeah, to make sure that everyone gets one. But it was a really good event. We had um, some ladies in the church just come and hang out with our girls. We ate some good food and just um, listened to Brittany Woodward speak, which was really great. And um, then we ended the night with Nerf Wars. So fun stuff. Solid. (laughs) I didn't know y'all did that. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, what did did you guys learn? What was kind of the theme, topic? What was the focus? Yeah, so um, Brooklyn and Zaya are our two seniors that kind of led out in this. So they made a lot of the decisions, and Brooklyn was just like, hey, I really just – she was like, I know this sounds basic, but she's like, I really just want to talk about God's love and, like, what that means for us. And so we focused on Romans 8 um, and just also talked about that um, God's love doesn't necessarily mean that our life is – happy and grand all the time that um, the Lord also, you know, actually promises that (laughs) we will have, you know, some type of tribulation or trials in life, but um, how there's more to that story. So it was really good. I think there's a good chance before graduation, we probably need Brooklyn and Zaya oh, yeah. on the podcast. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. They would yeah. giggle the whole time, but it would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> we got to figure out a way to make that happen. So, Jaron, yes. uh, you were mentioned a few minutes ago before we started about a big <laughs> breakfast you had this morning. So you've got become a you've become an expert at connecting with our senior adults over breakfast and coffee and anybody who will have you. So yes. that leads into this Saturday, men's mm-hmm. breakfast. Yep. What do you have to, about that? Well... Uh, if I do air the first belch on our podcast, please forgive me. I hope that doesn't happen. But, uh, yes, I'll be, I'll be passing on all meals the rest of the day. Um, no, but had a great breakfast this morning with a individual, Michael Boone, new prospective members joining actually this Sunday. So that was great. Great time this morning. Uh, getting off topic. Yes. Men's breakfast this Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Jeff Hemphill and his team do an excellent job. Just preparing for that day. They show up really early, cooking the bacon, all the things. Uh, highly, highly suggest that you come and join us Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Uh, I think Mark Brazier is going to be sharing testimony, so that'll be a lot of fun. And just, I think the value for me, uh, men's breakfast is just a good time to connect with folks that I don't get to spend a whole lot of time with on a Sunday morning. Where yeah, it's more definitely. just walking down the hallway, saying hi real quick. And so just being able to sit at the table with guys that maybe you don't get to know very well. And so it's a, uh, it's a great time. And, and also it's, 
can be a good launching pad relationally with folks to connect at another time to get coffee and breakfast, learn a little bit more about people and how to encourage them and be encouraged. So a uh, great time. And dads, bring your, bring your, your boys. If you've, if you've got them, don't, don't uh, miss out on that opportunity as well. So I yeah. like that. I like that philosophy. So a little bit of breakfast and coffee leads to more breakfast yes. and coffee, which yes. I'm always in favor of more breakfast and more coffee. Like yes. you're, you're, you're speaking Good my stuff. language right there. So all right, we, we can't let this, we can't let this moment go by. We've got to get to Mark's interview, but Mark Rose, you've cooked a few men's breakfasts. You've done this. You guys know how much I love breakfast food. Was power rank breakfast food, mm-hmm. like best breakfast food. Mm-hmm. What's, a, what's, at the, what's at the top? Or like no. actual oh, oh, man. Food. You know, I didn't think through this enough. Is it a place to get breakfast food? No, let's just actually go with the food, irrespective of where you would get it. But if you get, have a food you like, mm. tell us where you really like to get that, maybe. so. This is going to sound fancy, but mm. uh, four cheese souffle from wow. Panera, it's, it's pretty what's solid. A, what's a souffle? Uh, I, I don't know. It's fancy. Too it's fancy, fancy for us, Mark. I know, I know. It's, uh, it's Sounds a like a dessert. Pastry type thing with Ooh. eggs and cheese, Ooh. and it's okay. uh, baked. A f- a not, a qui- not a quiche, but like a... Similar to a quiche, but not w- without all the gross things that a quiche Yeah, We've nice. entered into an entirely new podcast world. <laughs> What's the difference between a souffle and a quiche? Like, this is... Yeah. This is the content that people, you know, give their time as they're as they're exercising or driving around. Like, yes. this, okay, so if we can figure out the difference between a souffle, souffle. and a quiche, like we've nailed it. Souffle. So yeah. four cheese souffle okay. will souffle. change your life. Okay, that's fun to say. Wow. Souffle, everybody. Oh. Yeah, souffle. <laughs> that's, fun. that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I'm a little bit. My favorite breakfast food is a little bit obscure for people, and it's probably in the last couple of years a fairly recent discovery. Eggs Benedict. Yeah. You guys are mm. so fancy. Unbelievable. Good stuff. Man, just a open face English muffin, little slice of ham, poached or over easy egg with some hollandaise sauce is wow. incredible. Okay. My mom makes really good eggs Ooh, benedict. Homemade eggs benedict. Yeah, that she's really also tried to make her own uh, hollandaise sauce, mm. but just buy the packet. It's easier. <laughs> Sorry, Brooke. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, didn't know she was British. <laughs> that's hilarious so we make a pretty solid breakfast casserole at home i'm always i'm always a fan yeah, of a breakfast casserole like that i made the mix really i'm big on french toast oh always an oldie but i didn't even know like that what real french toast was <laughs> until i stayed the night at my aunt's house because my mom like my dad was the one that got us ready in the morning so my mom would just buy us all the frozen stuff that you just like pop in the microwave so I just always got the French toast sticks, and then one time I went to my aunt's house and she made French toast, and I was like, "What Whoa. is this?" And she's like, "What?" That's <laughs> so amazing. Good. That's amazing. Okay, good. I like that. So uh, we got our breakfast foods out there. Emmaus, let us know your favorite breakfast food. All right, we got to get to Mark. We're gonna lose people. So uh, Mark, you've been involved in a ton of different ministries. We're gonna talk about that, but back it up. Your story, how you came to faith in Christ. God's work in your life over the years. Give us a little bit of the Mark Rose story for people people who don't know you well. Yeah. So I grew up in Ardmore with... That's my phone probably. Sorry. Sorry about that. No. We'll, uh, we'll fix that. Um, <laughs> you were see. saying... Mark Rose. You were Mark saying... Rose. So I grew up in Ardmore <laughs> with a faithful Christian parents. We were at church um, a lot of the times that uh, the doors were open. 
So at the uh, age of 11, gave my life to Christ as a good role ambassador at Camp Hudgens. Oh, Royal ambassador. Yes, the yes, RAs. do my best. That's yes, become indeed. a well. Never mind. No, yes, that you is know it. so That's good. good. So um, at Camp Hudgens there in McAllister, yeah. uh, we had uh, a time one night, and I remember it very clearly, but that was the uh, first time that I'd realized that, hey, there was a need for Christ in my life. And so I uh, confessed, and, and that kind of started me on this journey. Continued through high school, uh, came to OU, met my wife, and so was able to serve on some church staffs in uh, Norman during college years and worked with groups at the Baptist Collegiate Ministries. Of course, back then it wasn't BCM. It was BSU. The, yes. Yes. All these bit goodies. RAs and BSU, like that, <laughs> that's a fun story. I love that. A little big bit of throwbacks. Of, yes, a big fan of, of both of those. That's so good. But yeah, Max Barnett was yeah. leading the BSU back then, and, and you know his uh, long line of uh, ministry and uh, what he did, I was able to um, spend some time and, and learn under his staff there. Transitioned to a Young Life, working with Young Life uh, ministry there in Norman as well, and then finished out, uh, like I said, working with youth groups there at uh, Trinity Baptist Church. Uh, there in Norman for several years after that, and uh, then decided that uh, well I needed a job that uh, was going to be you know something that I could support a family on. So Sharon and I got married, and which I think we're coming up on celebrating 27 years of marriage hey, wow, in cool. two weeks. So excited cool. for that! Happy anniversary, Miss Sharon. <laughs> Love you, Sharon. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and so that kind of uh, has has led me to here. We've uh, transitioned to Emmaus. Um, many, many years ago and have really enjoyed the time here. And working. When was that, Mark, when you when y'all came to I Amaze? think, uh, so we had a picture sent to us uh, a few months ago of like the new member uh-huh. picture in 1998 okay. oh, wow. was when wow. that was and we looked like babies. <laughs> <laughs> Cher and I in the hallway of the uh, uh, middle building and it, uh, yeah. I had a goofy haircut. I wish someone would have been my friend <laughs> and told me the long hair on top and the shaved sides was not something that was... Oh, but that's that come was, back, though. Oh, oh. so you were just it way ahead. It's all come back again. Terrible. You started the trend. Uh, you did. Yeah, a lot of It needs to go away. I did. It needs to go away. So, uh, but yeah, we've, we've loved our time here at Emmaus and working with students and now the college group. It's been a, a very good, um, very good time. No, that's that's so much fun. So, someone told me, uh, and I've heard stories that your time at OU might have included, mm-hmm. you know, another like extracurricular activity, mm-hmm. some things that you were involved in there. What's what's the story there, Mark? What can you tell the people? Well, that was uh, <laughs> uh, becoming the men's basketball mascot for OU. Uh, back then, it was called Top Dog, mm-hmm. and so this was like 1992-93 basketball season. And uh, in my mind, the reason I chose to go to OU would, was to be the basketball mascot. Oh, wow. So it was between OSU and OU and Kennedy, I love you. But with Pistol Pete <laughs> and the OSU mascot, it, you, he's got the large head. He just didn't do a whole lot. <laughs> and so uh, I saw that Top Dog was uh, kind of a furry, long-eared dog costume, and I could get crazy in that. So that was legitimately the reason why my final decision to go to OU was <laughs> oh, to be wow. the uh, mascot. So I get there, you have to try out, um, and so I try out, and sure enough, I won and did that, and that kind of led to uh, terrible grades 
that semester. <laughs> so I made a 1.5 and oh, a no. 2.1 GPA. <laughs> top so, dog leading the way. <laughs> top dog? Top not so top. <laughs> not, not top in grades. So got, got put on probation uh, for that next semester. Took the next, actually, four semesters digging out of the hole that I created. And so um, mom and dad said, hey, we love you as the mascot. You do a great job trampoline slam dunks and rappelling out of the ceiling to Lloyd Noble, but you got to go to class. <laughs> so I didn't do Top Dog the next year. Yeah. But you have the stories. Yes. Uh, yes, yes. And the Lord got you to OU and put you in front of a ministry like Max Barnett and VSU and has used all. God never wasted any of our experiences. Right. We know, right. We know that to be true. So, all right, before we keep going down the ministry uh, path, I, I just thought we'd stop at this mascot moment. Mount Rushmore of sports mascots. Ooh. So you get four. Mount Mount Rushmore of sports mascots. Jaron is going to his phone. He needs a uh, he needs some ideas here. I so do. who who goes on the Mount Rushmore of mascots, Mark? I mean, well, top dog. We'll just go ahead and put top dog. Okay, thank you. So top dog. <laughs> top dog goes up there. Um, so. I think if people remember a long time ago, the San Diego Chicken. Oh yeah, that was that was. Probably on my. He was one of the ones that really made it popular and as it was special appearances and things. So going across the nation, that'd be one. I would say the Coyote for San Antonio Spurs. Oh. Solid. Okay. Solid. I actually knew him because um, the, the other backstory to that with as my mascot days at OU ended, I then started and did some semi-pro mascot at the Oklahoma City Calvary down at the Myriad. And then I actually got some tryouts with some NBA teams because that was oh, my wow. goal. I wanted to be a mm. NBA mascot. So I was able to meet the San Antonio Coyote. And so he'd be on the Mount Rushmore for me as well. Philly Fanatic? Oh, I mean, yeah. I think Absolutely. That's, you know, yeah. probably gets a little annoying. But Philly Fanatic has to be up there. He's pretty He's, good he's pretty high on the list. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. That's a good one, too. I, yeah, you guys have hit all the ones I had, I had thought about. I reached my phone to see if I could find the extra. This is deviating a little bit. But like the the entertainment that they can provide at a game, it's really like a really important part of the game experience. The the one that I think I like the best is the the mascot 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 that can actually swallow people. Have you, have you seen this? <laughs> yes. It is hilarious. Oh yes, crazy. yes, yes. Did you do that, Mark? Enough. My suit wasn't that big. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I sat on people's laps and uh, you know did things with that way, but no, I. My suit wasn't big enough to. And, and we haven't even miss, mentioned Rumble yet. We're going to get in trouble if we don't. Oh, that's true. Rumble. So yeah. Yeah. there's going to be a lot of people listening to this who are going to be angry if we don't miss, <laughs> mention Pistol Pete and Rumble. So we've got to get those. Yes. We got to get those out Oklahoma there. City so. Thunder mascot yeah. Rumble. So yeah, yeah. Uh, solid. But that's, yeah, as much as the tickets are nowadays, when you know you pay for a ticket, you want to be entertained. Not only the game itself, but mm-hmm. I think the mascot uh, can add a huge part to really impress and, and help. Uh, fill in those gaps a timeout happens and you know nothing's happening on the floor sports wise then they fill in the gaps that's great that's great okay you guys buckle your seatbelts here Click. you know who some great mascots are for a church family and that's the deacons like that Ooh. that's a, you like that good transition one. that's oh, a good transition nice. is that transition <laughs> all right nice. yeah i was over here like how do i get from mascots <laughs> to deacons like what's my what's my transition here so well done yeah thanks well we'll find out on the feedback <laughs> <laughs> on that one. maybe we're being too nice <laughs> I, I think i think miss ann's dog that's been coming up to the church oh, yeah. he's truly Obi's probably he's probably our true mascot right now yeah, at, at emmaus but uh yeah emmaus um february 26th we only have, at Emmaus, three business meetings per year. 
um, unless we need to throw something in there extra. And, and really, those business meetings are an opportunity for us to get together as a church, talk about the, the Lord's faithfulness, what he's doing in our church. So even if you normally don't come on Sunday night, February 26th, 5 p.m., make a priority to be here if you can. We're going to sing hymns. We're going to have a Bible study. We're going to give you an update on incredible news from 2022 financials where we ended the year last year. We've got all those type of things going on. But we also have our vote for new deacons at at Emmaus. It came around a time that we needed a few more uh, people in that role for for deacons at Emmaus. And so we have five names that we're going to put in front of you. Phil Cornell, Jim Inglesby, Chris Kowitzki, Jonathan Smith, and Paul Uckert. And so let's try to send out some information, but we want you to know that that's coming. And I thought that the podcast, this would be a great opportunity for us to talk about deacon ministry at, at Emmaus. And, you know, anytime we put out names like that, there are dozens more that we could quickly mm-hmm. add into a list like that. And the good news is, at a, and I know this at a church like Emmaus, uh, being a deacon is not a popularity contest. Mm-hmm. And there are so many people at our church family who are serving all the time. Uh, the Lord has called out certain ones and put certain people in place to really step into those places of service. But Mark, if you were going to describe to someone the role of a deacon and, and the New Testament role, and then specifically thinking about Emmaus, what's your elevator speech for someone? Hey, Mark, I heard you're a deacon at Emmaus. I heard you're chairman of the deacons this year. What does a deacon do? How, yeah. how do you describe that? I think that's a great question. And of course, we, we would go to the Bible first in First Timothy. Uh, there's some qualifications that are laid out in there, but servants is the word that comes to mind of the of the gentleman that I see and I'm able to serve with uh, here at Emmaus. It's the idea and the attitude that they're they're not looking to be uh, promoted. It's not about them and their name. It's about how do we serve and, and meet the needs of the people in our church? And so I think uh, with the other group of guys, um, you know, that are deacons right now, and even these five new deacon candidates, the simple word would be servants. Yeah. And so, you know, whether that's hospital visitation, whether that's uh, the connection with the widows and, and making sure and checking in after, you know, storms, thunderstorms or something that may be something you know, is blown down in their backyard or they need some help. And it's it's that idea that they have a connection and, and be able to reach out to uh, some of the folks in our church that might not be able to have someone that help them out and serve. I've always liked the distinction. I, I think I probably heard this first from David Platt, but I don't, I'm not sure where David got it from or if he just made up the phrasing. But you think about the New Testament, uh, those two for lack of a better word, the two offices or the, or the two roles that are laid out there in the New Testament of elders and deacons, pastors and deacons. And, and David Platt, he described it as the elders or the pastors in the churches. They are the servant leaders and the deacons are the leading servants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you have the servant leaders. Uh, so people in a place of spiritual leadership authority, but they better be serving as well. So yeah. Jared yeah. and I feel, feel that way, wanting to be servant leaders. And then you have deacons who are the leading servants. They're not the only people in the church serving. Everybody there is serving, but they're out front making sure nobody falls through the cracks, making sure those widows are are cared for, making sure there's a... I think the deacons are able to set the tone for yeah, service. That's a good way and, of saying it. And unity and integrity. 
in a church. And so it's not like these are the only guys doing this, the only guys caring for, for widows, but they're just kind of leading the way, showing an example. And, and I, when I think about deacons going back to childhood, going back to RAs, uh, I love that you said royal ambassadors. So I think about my dad and, and his friends leading our RA group and the impact that made on my life. My life. Um, when I think about deacons, it's these guys that I still see in my mind as being a little kid that I mm-hmm. looked up to and thought about them as yes. as servants. And so you guys around the table, deacons you've looked up to over the years, people that have really made an impact in your life. Anybody, anybody stand out in particular when you think about deacon ministry? I think for me, um, I think even just the recent uh, circumstances surrounding Jim Harris and getting to love on him through his wife's passing and just being able to kind of reconnect with old memories at a previous church uh, his family and my family attended where as a part of his deacon ministry was assigned to my my family and so a lot of hands-on care for my mom and my dad mm-hmm. and indirectly me and my brother and uh to know how much impact that I had no idea was happening at that time of my life. But now as a 40 some odd old man, being able to reflect on like, I am who I am because of men like Jim and uh, just an incredible thankfulness for those memories. No, I love that. Yeah. I think in the past couple months, like just for me stepping in, um, there have been a few times that I've put out stuff to the deacons, like, hey, we're needing to move this lady or, you know, different things. And um, I've always just been encouraged by the response of the deacons that you can tell their heart really is to serve people, serve the church, but also proclaim Jesus. Um, But also when I think of one person in particular, like any time that there's a need, like you know, this person just really jumps out and is ready to fulfill that need would be Bob Bynum. Just thinking through like, man, he's just eager to serve and he's eager to love on people. And even to see him in Panama this year, just the way that he loved the teenage boys. Um, I had a conversation with Hudson Conrad the other day and he was like, man, you know, before, like I looked up to Bob, but he was like, now Bob is like, he's my dude. Like, <laughs> like he was like, it changed. Like we're friends. <laughs> and I just think that that's really cool. Yeah. I love that. For I think, sure. I think too, I don't want to dominate the no, microphone, but I, I think what's so important about these people who serve as deacons is realizing that their, their ministry in the present is a makes a huge impact but i mean even the legacy that carries on after they pass i mean like a leo snow yeah mark you know that name that you know you you hear that name in europe you you just all the memories of all that guy did yeah uh, to serve this church so well and so service yeah that legacy just it keeps on going yeah yeah mark who have been some of the deacons that you've known maybe back at trinity or here at emmaus or other places even as a kid in Ardmore. Yeah. Well, you know, with Leo, Leo Snow was one of the ones that does come to mind here. Sorry to steal your thunder. No, he was a good one. Um, And just being able to see that example of what what it looks like to continue to work and and, then finish strong. Mm -hmm. But I think in in the, you know, uh, older years. Going back to Ardmore, a a gentleman that comes to mind is uh, Clyde Kemp. He was, uh, Clyde was our sixth grade uh, Sunday school teacher 
and we were a bunch of turds. We were, I mean, I can name off my friends and we were, we were rough. We were disrespectful. We didn't listen. And he just kept showing up week after week after week and was faithful to try and teach us. He was faithful to love on us. He was faithful to discipline and correct us. And so he would be one that uh, really sticks out as an example of, I would like to hopefully have just a little bit of the influence that he had um, on lives back then. Man, I love that. Like those, those stories are, are just amazing to think back of. And I think Emmaus remembering what we said a few minutes ago that in, in different church contexts, the role of deacon looks a little bit different, but, but at Emmaus, we talk about how deacons don't have any governing power. It's not like a side political group that's making decisions or trying to drive the church in a particular direction. And as well, going back to the idea, it's, it's not a popularity contest. If the, if the deacons are, are doing their job well, the level of service throughout the church should rise. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's what I keep going. If, if deacons ever become a bottleneck to service, mm-hmm. we're doing it the wrong way. But if deacons are living out that New Testament role, it just creates a momentum that everybody gets swept up in. And so I always want to come back to that because you're like, well, why do you only have, you know, 25 or 30 guys in this role? Well, partly it's because particularly we need those guys in that role to care for widows. I mean, at the end of the day, that's that's what they're seeking to do. But at the same time, they're generating unity and momentum for service and I go back to our church verse that we we talk about when people join that what we proclaim is not ourselves. Mark, you said this earlier. We're not we're not proclaiming anybody's name other than Jesus. And our role is to be servants for people for Jesus' sake. That's mm-hmm. that's what we're aiming to do. And so when I think about who we are as Emmaus, what the role the deacons play, and then everybody else in the church we've been called to, that's that's kind of what what comes to mind. So all right, Mark, let's wrap up with this. We're down to a minute or two uh, remaining. Give us one more minute or so, however, however you want to do this. Surprise question, but what is, what's the Lord teaching you? What's, what's he doing in your heart right now? What would you want to share with the church family just to encourage them? And then I'm going to ask Kennedy to, to pray for us and we'll wrap up. So God's work in your heart. What's he teaching you? You're speaking to the church family. Uh, what, what would you want to say, brother? Well, I think for me, I'll, I'll put a plug in for Wednesday nights and the uh, the Bible study that some of the guys are in under Jeff Hemphill's teaching um, around the Habits of Grace book. And so the book is talking about what what's looking at. There are some disciplines that we have to continue to develop and listening to God, talking to God, uh, meditation, the things that those disciplines and spiritual habits that help then kind of uh, speak into every other part of your life. So for me, that's something that God's teaching me right now is, you know, you've got to be disciplined about those things. I would say the second thing is Sharon and I, my lovely wife, um, are in this time where our girls are out of the house. And so we have one girl that's uh, married, and they're doing really, really well with her and her husband. And then our younger daughter is at college at OU. And the transition that that is right now for mom and I to see her as, you know, as a high school student and now graduating to a college student and that relationship changing, some of it in wonderful, beautiful ways and others that dad's got to let go of some things. And so uh, there's a lot of prayer. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, realizing that it's it's not me who 
sets her steps. It's God. And uh, just being able to pray for her and watch over her uh, has been a fun transition. And um, we're looking forward to as that continues and seeing what both of the girls, um, how they move forward in their life and how they serve God. I think that's such a good reminder of why church family is so important because I take Amanda and I where we are, you guys are half step in front of us, you know, or just a step in front of us on those things. It's so good to be able to to watch people who are just in front of you who are going through these things in, in life and to be able to learn from and know, hey, we're we're, we're not in this alone. Like mm-hmm. we're, we're in this with others. And so, so I appreciate that so much. Kennedy, will you, will you pray for us? Pray for Mark, for his family, for deacon ministry, and then we'll wrap up. Yeah, absolutely. Lord, we just come to you just thankful that, um, we can look to you in all things that we do, Lord, that we know that um, the things that we do around the church, the things that we do out in the community, Lord, um, it's not by our own works, Lord, that it's all by your grace and your works through us, Lord. And um, I just thank you for the evidence of that through Mark's life and his family's life, Lord. I just praise you for the ministry that you've given to Mark and Share, how they pour into college students, how they've poured into our students, but also how they just pour into our church family, Lord. And I just pray that you continue to give Give them the endurance um, to continue to do that and continue to look to you um, in all those things, Lord. Um, I also just want to lift up our deacons that um, you would continue just to um, really pour into them and just be um, that they would just be that servant um, that we see in Scripture, but that also they would look to you in their service to others, Lord. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 See you soon, Emmaus.